This is Talk of the Town, where interesting people talk and London listens. Joining me in the studio for this edition of Left, Right, and Center, Bob Metz and Gil Warren sitting in for the uh, suddenly unavailable Tom Goswell. Thank you for coming on such short notice. You're welcome. Appreciate that very much. I, I want to uh, I want to try something today that I don't believe we've ever done before in this program. And I think our two guests today are uniquely suited to do this because they are both uh, gentlemen of passionate beliefs, uh, ideological beliefs, and they have. Uh, uh, I like to think they have a certain grudging respect for each other, but they certainly have clashed on this program more than once. I'm I'm going to put each one of you. I'm going to tie your hands behind your back on this next issue here because I'm curious to see where we can go with this. And here is the issue. Headline in the in the free press today says "Put Housing First, City Toll," and it's talking about uh, the the need or the perceived need for more quote affordable housing in the city of London. Now, the way I'm going to tie both my guests' hands behind their backs, assuming they're up for this, is I'm going to a ask them not to invoke their ideologies in terms of talking about this. So, what I don't want to hear from Gill is, "Well, we'll tax the rich to pay for it." And I don't want to hear from Bob that we just shouldn't do it in the first place. The question I want to put to these guys is, is in a world not unlike the world in which we live today, not the world in which we'd like to live or the way things should be, the world in which we live today, it is not unlikely, nor is it unreasonable in the context of this world, that we may indeed see our local government and perhaps even the provincial government and uh, with participation from the federal government, uh, start moving towards increased funding for affordable housing, indeed for public housing and a wide variety of things. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's not hard to imagine it happening with a, a both a provincial and a federal election in the offing, etc., etc. So the question I want to put to both of my guests today is, Let's assume that this is going to happen, that we are going to build some affordable housing or subsidize or do something to provide affordable housing. How are we going to do it? How are we going to do this? How is the government going to pay for this? Uh, and again, I'm, I'm putting the restriction on Gil that he can't tell me we're going to tax the rich to get the money, and I'm putting it on Bob that he can't tell me we shouldn't do it in the first place. We're going to assume that it's going to be done, we're not going to tax the rich in any ex to any extent because the public will isn't there to do that now. And, and, uh, and I th my suspicion is the public will is moving very quickly to a point where they're going to say we have to do something. So, Bob, I'm going to start with you. And so I can't raise taxes. That's, that's oh, no, you, you can if you want, absolutely. Oh. But you can't just tax the rich. You've got to tax right. everybody, which okay. is, in fact, is what's going to happen. Right. Okay. okay. Well, I'm going to start with you. It's from that assumption that the public begins to clamor for some kind of a solution to this perceived problem, what would you do in response to the public? You're, you're an elected official. You have a responsibility well, to them. The first thing I would do is define my terms. I would say affordable to whom? A person making zero, a person making $100 a week, $200 a week. Affordable to anybody who today falls in under the criteria that they can't afford decent housing. That would include any child, any teenager. Um, so we have to build houses for all of them. Is that the? I think probably. I think I think the public will being what it is. Once that steamroll or that uh, that snowball got rolling, I think probably it would include just about everybody who needed help. Well, if there is going to be no control on who qualifies for this, then there is no solution to the problem. And as much as you want to avoid ideology, there is an ideology that put us in the situation that we're in. No, right no, I don't want to go there. Okay, let's back but up. The let, situation let's is let's this. Put some, let's put some if restrictions you want an on answer, it. The only answer is tax, tax everybody. Tax the rich, tax the poor, whoever's got any money left. 
totally take all that money, put it into whatever government projects the government wants to do, and leave it at that, and we'll all go broke together. All right. Gil, I'm going to switch over to you. Well, how do we do this? Well, how do we first, first of all, I think we do d need to define who needs the affordable housing. And the Affordable Housing Task Force was saying that about 20% of Londoners would be in the category of needing affordable housing. So and that's so about, that's that's about 60,000 people. Yes, and that's, that's what I'm looking at. I'm not looking at providing every person in London with housing. I should also say that I worked uh, uh, on the development board of the Topol Housing Co-op uh, uh, about 10 years ago for five years building a $13 million project there for 132 units. So I've worked in the private sector and with the private sector and with the government to do social housing in the past under the previous programs, the Liberals and Conservatives. Um, <clears throat> that program was very good. It, it delivered all kinds of brand new units uh, on, onto the market that were subsidized. The problem was that it was an expensive program and we had to work within the rules of the Ministry of Housing and CMHC. Many of us now in London are thinking of how could we do that more cheaply if it's being controlled locally. When you say expensive because 13 million and 130 units is like $100,000 a unit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. okay. You can buy a nice house for $100,000. Yeah. yeah. But that, you know, that's sort of the going rate for a new apartment building if it were being built okay. by the private sector. The point is if you build new stuff, it's expensive. Okay. And so what we're arguing is to look at renovation of existing buildings and existing empty spaces. Maybe like uh, I do not want to dramatically increase London taxes to pay for this for this social housing. On the other hand, we have had tax cuts both federally and provincially, so the two might balance off. Don't forget, though, that you are, in, in my hypothesis, you have been elected the leader. Mm -hmm. If you want to accomplish any other goals you may have, you've got to, you've got to put into place policies that are not going to alienate the people you're That's leading, right. too. And you have to balance it out. What we, what we would suggest is one way to look at this is to basically keep, keep the same amount of city expenditures but reallocate some of the spending. For instance, I think we spend too much money on roads and they're very, very expensive. And I would rather make the social housing the priority rather than the roads. Now, getting down to your actual point about what to do. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I've been talking to people at city council and, and people in the uh, housing coalition and what we're looking at is there are a lot of existing older buildings downtown, for instance, uh, a storefront situation where the second and third floor are empty. They've mm -hmm. been abandoned. They haven't been habited for years and mm -hmm. years. They used to be apartments, but, but uh, for fire code reasons and, and for other reasons, the owner didn't want to deal with tenants, they, they, they become empty. And so our perspective from a community economic development perspective is you've already got a resource there. You've got an empty building. Maybe it needs a little bit of money to fix it up, to bring it up to the fire code and, you know, make sure that it well, has... In, in reality, most of those buildings downtown need a tremendous amount of money to bring them up to code. In reality, is, we don't have them. They're owned by private individuals. Indeed. So when Gil's talking about, let's do all these things to these buildings, he's I ignoring think, the owner entirely. No, I'm not ignoring... Uh, in fact, if you let me, I'll get on to that part. I mean, many of them are privately owned. And surely there's a way to work out with the landlord who right now, or the owner, is not getting any money for that empty space to say, look, we have people on social assistance who would qualify for subsidized housing. Could the city come in and help upgrade that building uh, in terms of uh, making it uh, up to standard? And could we somehow share in the benefits or whatever? I think there are ways to work that out with the private landlords. 
I, uh, our Topol Housing Co-op is at uh, Dundas and Adelaide, and uh, the old East London, and where Hudson's used to be mm-hmm. many years ago. That used to be a very, very prosperous ac- community of businesses. Yeah, it sure did. There was Hudson's and hardware stores and clothing yep. stores, and it, I, I remember when I was a kid, that, that's where we went when we came into town to go shopping. Mm-hmm. And they put uh, it out of business when they put that crink in the road. No, they didn't. It was uh, the malls It was well. the malls that were being built on, on the rest of the city. I stopped going there when I couldn't park on the street anymore. Anyway, <laughs> what, what the, the process that was happening there was the city allowed too many malls to be built out in the suburbs. People flocked to the suburbs and, and saw that area die commercially. And the business people tried, and when we were building Topuddle, they wanted large parking spots left for the business mm-hmm. that isn't there anymore. And what we're thinking now is, uh, and with people at City Hall, is there's all those parking lots there. The commercial business is never going to come back. There are all these empty buildings and, and empty space. In the, the commercial parking lots are owned by the city. Maybe the city could put some housing on, that, uh, on, on those parking lots. The land is already owned by the city, so okay. there's no cost there. Okay, so I want to get back so to that the sort of thing, partnership with okay. the, your community, making use of the existing resources. But you're going to get the money from modest tax increases and from reducing the road budget. Yes. Primarily. Yes. Um, you are aware, I'm hoping, that, that one of the problems with reducing road budgets it's, is road construction and maintenance is a pay-me-now-or-pay-me-a-lot-more-later proposition. That, that preventive maintenance on roads is a lot cheaper than having to rebuild them five or ten years down the line because you haven't maintained them properly. I'm not talking about not fixing the potholes. I'm, I'm talking about taking a two-lane road and making it into a four-lane railroad road or building a brand new road through. So we, we, we live with I the... I might agree with you on we, that. We live with the, with the traffic, uh, the, the rush minutes that we have in London as opposed and to rush hours. This is getting off housing, but what that does is it puts... If the roads are more clogged, it puts more pressure on, on alternative transit, such as buses, such as bicycles, okay. and... Carpooling no, things like right. that, but anyway, the housing, the housing thing. I think there, if now that this province has dumped this on us, mm-hmm. and the city didn't want it, and I didn't particularly want, the left didn't want to have to suddenly be dealing with social housing. We're going to have to work together. We're going to have to work with the developers. We're going to have to work with the construction companies, and and we're going to have to recreate a social housing program. But, the, but the what advantage- can you do that they can't do on their own? I don't understand this magic that you think that we, the community, or we, the government, have. It seems to me that if you want to help people in need, the reason they can't afford a house is because they cannot afford one. They don't have the money. So what you do is you don't build housing for them. You give them that extra little bit of money that they need to, that represents the difference between what they can afford and what they can't afford. And then you're not paying 100% of the shot. You're paying just that marginal difference and you're actually helping people in need and letting them make their choices and if that's i, I would be in favor of something like well, that we, I, we, I think we should get rid of unnecessary building regulations codes that, that literally are not necessary they don't really meet safety or or standards of that nature they're just economic controls for the sake of economic controls business taxes property taxes are way out of line uh, a property tax should not be anything except the actual service of that property gets from the city. That's all that should be on there. Not social housing programs, not education, uh, not all those other things. Slipping in here. It is slipping. It is. How else are you going to afford the housing? You have to make your priorities. You well, can't have right. housing and well, education and housing and me, good health Let me clear up a misconception gotta, Well, here. Gil, let me ask you a question first, though. Yeah. Uh, in, in theory, then, uh, not economic theory, but in theory, is there any particular problem with, with the kind of subsidization Bob's talking about as opposed to more active involvement in building? Was there anything really wrong with saying creating a system where people who need some assistance to bring their income up to the point where they can afford housing. Would that not be an awful lot easier and simpler and less prone to problems than than getting involved in construction and building and cooperative deals with landlords and so on? 
Well, our, our position is that uh, if you, and what, what he's talking about there is a rent subsidy to the private sector, that if you want to label it mm-hmm. as something like that, uh, or some way of topping up, giving the subsidy to the person who then turns it over to the landlord. And, and our position is twofold. One is that uh, if you look at the current uh, rental market in London, uh, it, it is very expensive, and it tends to be the builders are building what little building they're doing for the high end, the, the, the people who have a lot of money who can afford to, to rent. They're not building the low-cost apartments because it's just not economic for mm-hmm. them, and they just can't make enough return on it. And so uh, you're <coughs> are we going to subsidize people to, to live in expensive condos? Well, it doesn't have to be expensive condos. There are some very modestly priced condos in this town that are selling quite well, according to my friends in the real estate business. Now, if we, if we could if, subsidize people to live yeah. in, in modest well, townhomes, such as are being built, right. again, Mike, okay. you know, I, and I'm trying to be objective here. I'm thinking, okay, we're, gonna, we're sort of agreed for the sake of this, this program that we're going to do something. Uh, my, my, I, I'm always looking uh, Occam's razor is always the thing I'm reaching for to get down to the simplest what is the yeah. simplest solution but, I, but we're leery of a situation where we're luring people into ownership of, of say a condo or a house when they really can't afford it and that's I mean that was part of Thatcher's program in England to take the public housing and sell it all well, off I, don't, I, I never said anything about selling I'm just no. saying sub- subsidize them so they can rent these places but <clears throat> the, the point here is that uh, if people end up buying property when, when they might get laid off or lose their job or they're not that secure economically, mm-hmm. then they end up losing the investment they put into but the But we, all, we all face that, though. No, but I mean. if, if you're too low, it's the reason why the, the, the banks no, demand, you, demand that you hang have on a, a sec here. A Jim said you're not supposed to be talking about ideology, and everything you've said so far is ideology. No, no, I'm trying to deal with the issue. Uh, no, it's ideology. You, you've attacked ownership. You, you think the government should be involved. Yet when I say that the government should be less involved and that we should get rid of unnecessary regulation and, and, and direct help to the people who help need the help, I'm called ideological. I don't know why that's ideological, I, I mean, and a, what Gill is saying isn't. Everything we think and do is ideological. There's another way to do What I'm being told is there's no room for freedom in any of these discussions, and that all we can have is a choice of the state doing this, or the state doing that, or the state doing this. That's no that. individual responsibility. We're not allowed to talk about that. That's out of, that, we put that behind us. We tied our hands. So obviously, but we there did are that no for reason. No, but we did that for reason, and the reason is, in my estimation, my humble estimation as a, as a as a barometer of public opinion, that I think the public is moving very very quickly to the point where there is going to be serious public pressure on our elected officials to quote do something about the housing issue. Well, I think pr- I think it's going to become it's going to become a reality. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where it like doesn't matter not, where it comes from. Well, I disagree. I think it is coming from the public. In my experience, it is. The 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 people are really concerned about this. Well, wait a minute. I want affordable housing. I'm concerned in that way, but I don't want the government to get involved. That's not going to make my housing affordable. I've learned that lesson a hundred times around. You're labeling it the government, and what I'm suggesting is a community effort. What I'm suggesting is that it's not that the city would own these properties. They could be owned by a non-profit uh, religious group like the Anglican Church. Well, i got no problem or with any of that, Gil. I never had any problem with any volunteer effort, but that's never what you're talking about. That and, is what I'm talking about. I worked in the co-op movement for Then what's the problem? Why aren't people doing it? What, what's, what are the obstacles? And you know what you'll find out? The obstacles are things you just said. Fire regulations, too many costs attached, no, too many taxes. It's political will is what we need. And, and that's what's developing. To change the things that Bob's talking about, though. That's the kind of political now, will if, you need. If there, if there is building code, silly building code r- rules in the way, then I would agree with Bob that we look at those and we deal with those. And in the past, we've had rules like 
you had to have a big lot with your house on that big lot. And then slowly over the years, the city has said, well, big lots are really wasteful, and now you can put your houses close together. Mm-hmm. And that's better, and that's an improvement. And I agree that the old rule was a silly rule that just created sprawling subdivisions. But I want to talk about what happens in a housing co-op if you live in a housing co-op. First of all, <coughs> say, in the toll puddle situation, 75% of the units are subsidized. But that doesn't mean that they're <coughs> 100% subsidized. Mm-hmm. They're, they're subsidized according to what your income is. Yeah. So why and don't so we do that across the board then? Why don't we say to everybody of the 60,000 people, a number, incidentally, I find to be b- b- bordering on, on, on ridiculous, but if, if, there, are, if there are 60,000 people who are living in substandard housing in the city, um, doesn't it make a lot more sense to do exactly what you were doing to saying that some of the people in Toll Puddle? Subsidize them up to the point where they can move into, or, or subsidize them to the point where they can afford to pay more, so the landlord in that unit now, who's probably not making any money, there aren't a lot of landlords in the city making money today, I'll tell you that for a fact, he's probably not making any if he's, if he's even breaking even, that if, 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 if there's an incentive then for him, if he knows there is this new potential pool of renters out there, but they're not going to put up with the leaky faucets and the crappy floor and the bad windows and stuff, he's going to have to fix that, there's your incentive right there. Isn't that, a, again, an awful lot easier than getting the city involved in let's bu- build a building on this piece of city land and let's buy this and let's co-op that? I mean, isn't it a lot easier just to write that, if we're going to spend the money anyway, just to write the check? Because the, the problem that we see there, <clears throat> those of us who are involved in the, in the non-profit and the co-op uh, business, uh, is that what happens to the money when it's paid in as rent, okay? The way it is now, and this is an ideological thing, and I agree, you know, we would prefer that it not end up in the hands of the landlord who maybe isn't making money on a monthly basis, but when he sells that building down the road, he does stand to make a lot of money. No, he does not well, stand to make a lot of money that? today. Why would you prefer right. that? That just because sounds it, insane to me. Because it's a... a pub- who would you want to have, have, have the it's money? A public not the owner? It's a public subsidy, right? It, so, it, it, in your system... But that's got nothing to do with the landlord. <coughs> the landlord is asking a given price for his unit, okay. and, and if you're saying that he's not entitled to the money if it comes from subsidy, then he's not going to let anybody who's being subsidized in. He's going to take a guy who can give him his own money, and he, t- he gets to keep 100% of it. What I'm saying is that this is public money. If it's... Well, let me ask you this, thing, Gil. And, and we end no, up subsidizing the landlords. Money and that I don't you're want taking from citizens, and you're t- I don't telling that. me that the government's not involved. If it's public money, you mean government money, right? You don't mean private individuals giving money voluntarily. Would you accept this then? Mm-hmm. If 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 the system was set up so that if the landlord and Bob, relax just for a second. If the landlord did sell the building down the way mm-hmm. and got a pro- got a profit, that you'd get a piece of that action. But if he sold the building and lost money, that you'd pay his loss. Yeah. Now you, that, you would pay his loss. If the city put $50,000 into upgrading the building, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. I, would, I would want to see it not as a grant that's given to the landlord, but that basically the city buys a piece of the action that that guy has in his building, right? And, and sure, if, if the market goes up, the city would benefit, and if it went down, and, we could, and that's called a revolving loan fund. So, sort of so if, I'm, if I'm the owner and I say, I don't want to own this building anymore, for whatever reason, I'm going to sell it, and the right. market's down, you're going to give me the difference between... Uh, in fact, the bigger no, the I, loss you <laughs> sell it for, the more money you make well, from, from Gil's system. No, I would, no, so I would, no what I would sell su- their buildings what, at a loss. What I would suggest is that the city would lose on their share that they put into it. Like, mm-hmm. say, if they've invested 50000 and the market goes down by 10%, then yeah. they would only get, they would get back 10%. So what you're talking, you're talking about talking now like is... the city's investing in it. They're not. They're paying somebody's rent. It's welfare. It it's is not it, an investment. It is an investment in the community. Well, then you're saying that the city's right. buying the landlord's property and he doesn't even know it. It's a simple thing. Do we subsidize the person or, or do we subsidize the landlord? Well, that's the question. I'm reluctant. I'm reluctant to subsidize... Your system does really subsidize the landlord. Well, okay. Now, now I'm now I'm re- now I'm really confused. I'm if, talking if, only no. about the tenant. I if don't care who the, the case, tenant gives his money if to. If that's the case. 
case, why then do we not have cards for people on welfare to take to the supermarket? So that they don't, we don't, we're not giving them, we're not subsidizing the individual. Why don't we just pay the supermarket directly and say, here's a card to the guy in welfare, say, go and get your food at the supermarket. I don't understand the difference. Why wouldn't you give them the money for rent, but you will give them the money for food? What's the difference? Well, th first of all, it's a lot of money that is being spent well, on the, rent. Well, the, the, the amount of money doesn't matter. What's the difference? I don't understand philosophically what the difference is. You're saying you don't want to give the individual money to make their own decisions about where they're going to live and when and how and so on, but you're happy to give the money to make the same decision about clothing and about food. Well, I, I, I honestly don't understand the difference. Well, the, the difference is that if you in, in have a rent subsidy system, and that's what it is. If you, if you it doesn't give, matter what it is. Yeah, it, you give the money to the person yeah. as a bonus that they can well, then... Well, welfare is a food subsidy system. That they, did, food, that they can then get up to the level that they can afford that apartment. Sure. That's a subsidy to the landlord. Yeah. Okay. And I have concerns... Well, it's, it's not a subsidy, no, it's a to, the subsidy to the tenant, not to the landlord. No. The landlord's entitled to his market rent from anybody who gets it. And all the city is doing is making it possible for someone who normally couldn't afford it from that landlord to afford it from the landlord. The landlord shouldn't even know that the person's getting this. Subsidy. I mean, the the other thing you got to look at, if it's taxpayers' money, and you've got a landlord situation here. But you kept telling us the government wasn't involved. Now you're saying if the it's city, the money. city of London. You stop labeling it as the government. The city, well, my government, my my city. So you don't anyway. see the city city government as government. Now what I what I'm concerned about is. I think we could get better value for our money in it's a non money, in a Joe. nonprofit si situation. It's nonsense. Value Tell for money in a nonprofit situation that means you're investing to break even. That's not value. Right. So there's no profit margin for the landlord. Right no. now there is a profit margin for the landlord and a rent subsidy program would recognize that there is a profit margin and that would be part of the rent that would be a percentage of the rent subsidy, okay? That's a concern. Boy, talk with about the, ideology. Jim, with the not just spewing the nonprofit <laughs> Marxism by the way. The the nonprofit system is non-profit, so there isn't a 10% profit margin in there. So I would argue... Even non-profit systems make profit to survive. They just call it a surplus instead of a profit. All that profit means fiscally in this country is that you, that you if you make a profit and you're a non-profit organization, you don't pay taxes on it. That's all it means. No, it means it means that you set aside... I run a non-profit organization, but we have to run in the black. We just call our our so does profit a surplus because so does they don't the pay taxes on it. That's the so only difference. Let me just shock you. So does the housing co-op and the non-profit housing mm -hmm. development. They do, they do not operate on any profit system to whatever extent they, they take a single penny from the taxpayer. They have that's, to the, that's the measurement of the loss. They have to run in the black. They can't spend more but money But not with your money and mine. With their own money. Corey, I'm, okay, I'm, no. we've only got a couple minutes left. Yeah. I want to come back to where I'm, I'm still as confused as when I started here. I still don't understand... Uh, and this is not right, right, left here today. I'm not trying to do that at all. I'm, I'm just, I'm really confused by what Gil has told me. Uh, I don't understand why you think it's better for you and me as taxpayers who are ultimately going to fund this. You and I are going to pay for it. It's going to come out of our pockets. I don't understand why you think it's going to cost us less to, to get actively involved. We're going to need bureaucrats. We're going to need administrators. We're going to need inspectors. We're going to need a, a, a world of things to get in physically involved in building and renovating and partnerships with owners and all this sort of stuff. I don't understand how you think that would be less expensive than simply, than simply expanding welfare, which we already have, and saying you're, we're, we're not we're not paying you enough on welfare. We finally recognize that. We're going to increase your welfare payments with this, 
with this residence subsidy, this, this housing subsidy, and it's going to go up to such and such or wherever it's going to go, and we're going to plug it into the existing system, and we're simply going to funnel more money each month to those individuals. I really, I don't understand why, if we're going to make the decision to do this at all, why wouldn't we do that instead of what seems to me to be a much more complex and cumbersome system that you're advocating? Well, first of all, you're assuming that there's a whole bunch of uh, empty apartments out there that are just waiting for poor people to have the money to go no, in. No, he's not. He gave you a perfect... We ha we have a no, I'm not assuming yeah, any such we have thing. A vacancy. These people are all living in apartments now. If you're saying... If, no, you're, te if, all, if you're telling me that we're going to give them more purchasing power, that they're going to have the ability to go. Don't, and don't tell me there aren't any empty apartments. There are lots of empty apartments in the city. And there are lots of landlords who would happily improve an apartment for a sitting tenant if they could raise the rent. But the vacancy rate right now is below 2%. It doesn't matter. If, I, a, if, I'm, a landlord, a if I'm a landlord and I've got, I've got a low rental unit mm -hmm. and, and you come to me and say, hey, Jim, I'm, I've only been paying you 350 because that's all your dump is worth here, but I can pay you 550 now. But you've got to fix it up. You've got to do this, 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 and this. If I'm a smart landlord, I'm going to get my pencil out and figure it, okay, he can pay me this, I have to do this, but, 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 but. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I'm going to end up with a better, with a, my, my incentive is I'm going to end up with a more valuable property when I'm done right. for all my work and my risk. What you're going to get is a better place to live. That's a good deal. I'm going to do that. What we, what we're. You are, don't have to move. You don't that's have. That's also the ideology of capitalism that you've just expressed. Well, and there, I, I'm, no, I'm getting ideology, <laughs> gentlemen. I'm sorry, but we have run out of time. I thank yeah. you both today. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this, and I hope our listeners did too. Uh, and we will continue this. I'm sure the next time Bob Metz and Gil Warren get together with us on Left, Right, and Center.